Fatality Fitness Podcast, covering everything from fitness, health, and nutrition with your host, Matthew Smiley, covering top topics and answering all your fitness Q&As with featured guests. Hello and welcome to the Fatality Fitness Podcast and on this episode I've got special guest Ricky Burns, uh, Scotland's only freeweight world champion. Ricky, tell us a bit about yourself for anybody that doesn't know who you are. Um, um, was that one of one of your one of your good mates? Um, I'm obviously everybody knows that I'm a I'm a boxer and that, and um, to use I'm, I'm just a I'm a dafty for Coat Bridge, so uh, I'm sure they're all going to be tuning in the new Guinness or Pelters. I'm sure they will be. Um, so let's let's dive in. Let's talk about your career. So how many fights as an amateur? How many fights as a professional? And how long have you been doing this for? Uh, I've been boxing for about 25 years um, and about 100, no, about 100 amateur fights, uh, 52 pro fights. Um, I just I just feel as if fighting, that's all I've ever done. You've done it for such a young age. Um, tell us a bit about your amateur career then. Um, so when I was younger, so I won like um, it was five Scottish titles, five Western districts, all junior. Um, when I turned senior, um, I went in for my first Scottish title and I lost. Um, I felt as if I turned pro quite young as well. Um, obviously, when you're young, you, you end up getting up to no good out and about with your pals, getting up to all sorts. And um, I, you know, To be fair, I was one of the ones that was doing that as well, but um, I managed to get the head screwed. I turned pro quite young. Um, I think it was 19 when I had my first fight and We've, we've just went went on for there. So what made you what made you get into boxing in the first place? How did you start um, out? I know the, the the gym the gym the barn um, that opened up maybe about a hundred yards from where we used to stay. Um, me my my fact, it was the day before my two brothers had went down. Um, they came up the road and they were telling us about it. And the next day, me and all my pals went down. Um, and you know that, that was it. You know, even we all used to fight amateur as well. Um, I know we, we all used to fight amateur um, and I was the only one that stuck it out so from there obviously you've took it you've done the done the amateur was there any boxers that kind of made you want to get any boxing a wee bit more and take it up to the next level uh, Rocky <laughs> so the, the, the amount of Rocky 4 uh, the VH, VHS tapes that we must have must have done in when we were young. That was all we used to watch. Um, not even now, I don't, I don't really watch much boxing. Um, obviously, if it's big fights or if it's guys I know that are fighting, I'll watch them. But I'm, I, I much prefer being in there fighting. Um, when I was young, when I went down the barn, that was what Rab used to always say. Used to say I was a pain because he used, I used to beg him to take me every single show, and I would always take my stuff. And do you know, nine times out of ten. Uh, if somebody never made the weight or if somebody never turned up, I would always end up fighting. But my attitude then was I would fight him the toy that I didn't care. And that's the same way I'm, I'm still at the now. Yeah, it seems to be your same uh, attitude. What do you think you would be doing if you weren't doing boxing? I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> no clue. Well, I probably do know, but I don't really want to say that. But I'd probably, uh, I'd probably still be a mechanic or I'd still be working in. 
DW Sports 188 182 still working in the sports shop <laughs> I, a lot, I, a lot of people are still amazed at that, that obviously you are still a world champion still uh, selling people's shoes people uh, well, I only done it because well, when I first started you were there Adrian was there um, you were you were going to work and you were getting a good laugh and that and um, well to be fair I was only doing one or two shifts a week it was only just to give me something else to do apart from training all the time and if I hadn't I moved down south like six years ago I'd probably still have been doing that working work on a wee Saturday or Sunday here and there let's, uh, let's talk about your career so take me through the full journey um, what fights do you think defined you as a, a fighter and then just tell me about the the journey, how you can t- how it went. So obviously we went for uh, making your debut, couple of fights, Commonwealth champion, and then progressing from there. Aye, well, I had a couple of losses early on in my career as well. Obviously, fight boxed Alec Arthur and and Carol Johansson. Um, but you know at that that time, like I was I was young and I was inexperienced, um, and I still went out and gave a good gave a good account of myself. Um, and I think it was after the Carl Johansson fight that was when I decided to switch trainers and I, I teamed up with Billy. Um, and with John, again, you start with a new trainer, they get you doing different stuff. So we started working on that and we had done a few well, under-the-radar fights, just basically getting getting out and putting to work what we had been doing and just things just went for there. But as you said, it was a, obviously we won the Commonwealth title had a few successful defences of that, and then obviously we get the we get we get the word that the the Martinez fight was coming up, and we obviously jumped at the chance. So the Martinez fight, let's talk about it. Obviously, the, the your first world title. Um, I'll never forget that night. But uh, how was it for you? <laughs> obviously, going it going into the ring, you were like a four five to one underdog to even even win, and then to come off the canvas in the was it the first round. Aye, cool. No, nobody thought I was going to do that. Everybody had, I was just saying, everybody had me wrote up. But um, Joe, I can always remember that first. See when I see when I get put down. It wasn't really a good shot. It was more like a flash knockdown kind of thing because I wasn't really hot. But it was just when I'm sitting there and I'm looking round and I'm see, seeing everybody <laughs> with, with their head in their hands or like, what's going on here. I think they all thought it was going to be an early night, but now it's so just got up and. What happened happened, but I couldn't believe it at the end of the fight. There's a lot of a lot of tough moments in the fight, but as well, eh? it was a quite, quite a quite a tough fight. I think you showed that. I think you showed a lot of heart with that fight as well. Well, you know, like, technically it wasn't very good, but it could it could punch man. I, I took a few that night and all, but um, I, like I say, technically it wasn't very good, but it, it could work. Yeah, let's talk. Uh, so progress from there. So how many how many defenses did you have with the? Um, well, I can, I can, I think it was maybe, was it three? Three or four? But it was uh, the Nicky Cook, that was the last one. And I remember that because that was when I decided I ain't doing this anymore. Making yeah. that super featherweight was killing me, man. I don't know how I done that. I even remember, I can remember the, the way in of the Lurea fight when we were driving in and you had the dry throat, <laughs> could even spit. And I'm like, when are you going to move up? Um, so you obviously made the change. Jumped up to lightweight, and then your next world world title fight for there. Let's talk about that. Um, that was against my first my first fight at, at lightweight was against Michael Katsidis. 
Um, we we knew that that was going to be a hard fight, and we we trained, we took out and box them, and we done just that. We just we tried to stay on our feet, um, just pick him off as he's coming in. Um, but you know, he's he's one of the fighters. He's just relentless aggression for the first bell. Um, and you know, we, I, I felt as if I boxed really, boxed really well that night. Um, obviously that was just the interim title that I had won. Yep. Um, Marquez he had the full title. So after that fight, well, remember, you remember you was all laughing because uh, he'd uh, he had to make up his mind whether he was going to. Obviously, he was that. chasing bigger fights, and um, he had to make up his mind whether he was staying at lightweight or moving up. But bro, that that would have been some fight, man. I would have been what a, what a night that would have been, man, to get a fight with him. I was going to say you kind of wish that you kind of wish that you got that fight. Uh, it would have been it would have been hard. <laughs> I mean, it'd have been a hard, hard fight, but I, I would have enjoyed it, man. It would been good. So for then, you've then uh, got the world uh, upgraded to the uh, world champion, and then how many defenses at lightweight? Um, I'm trying to think who my first defense was. Again. But I fought Paulus Moses. Tough fight again. Uh, I know he was he was he was very good and all very awkward. Um, who else did I fight? Kevin Mitchell. Mitchell fight. Um, I can't even draw. My head's went We'll back go back and, and talk remember. about them. Well, obviously, the losing the title, but again, when you look at who you've lost it, they lost it to, when we look at um, Crawford's record by now, obviously he's went on to great things and continuing to do so. Like I think Crawford now is like, and nobody wants to fight him. He's struggling to even get a fight. I'd fight him. I'd fight him again. Would <laughs> you do that again? <laughs> eh? You would need to. You would need to jump up, eh? Right, well, Joe, to be fair, man, he was technically he was very, very good. Um, I think it was after about three or four rounds, man. Um, he, he just seemed. He was always that one step ahead of you, man. Do you know what I mean? And the the switch hitting, he's just as good southpaw or orthodox, man. He was. He was a nightmare to fight, man. Nightmare. So you then decided to jump up. You've got a chance of fighting for a third world title. Yep. Uh, tell us a bit about that, about that night. Um, I mean, an our night that I'll never forget either. <laughs> no, Joe, that was well. That was. Uh, I'm sure that was that was my was that my first fight in the hydro. I think it was. Um, that was that was a a, a great night. Um, obviously, we were watching. We had been watching some of his tapes. His tapes and that, and Joe. He did look very good. See, when you're watching him in some of these other fights, we were expecting a hard fight. But it was like the first couple of rounds when I went out, I found my distance straight away. And, you know what I mean? Tony, but like, I can't believe how easy this is here. Yeah, um, and obviously, when I when I, I thought that I had hurt him, I went in, I went in to say about him. Um, but I, I, I couldn't believe that, man. It was like, what, what a night that was. So let's go back. Let's speak about... If people had to go back and... Watch Ricky Burns fights. What what fights do you think in your career that, that kind of defined you? What what do you think if you had to go back and watch and go that was a better a fight? What would you go back and watch? Um, see, I'd I'd say that the Martinez fight was a good one. Um, the Michael Gomez fight. Um, do you know, see when I boxed Michael Gomez, that is the only time that I do you know, don't get me wrong. When you get into a fight, you want to go out and win, but that was the first time. I'd ever wanted to set right about somebody. Right, See, just because the way he was in the build up and that. Um, but when you when when I watch that when I was watching that fight back after it, 
Um, but when the ref stopped it, if that ref never jumped in, I was not a stopping punch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'd that... say it's, I'd say the Gomez fight, um, definitely the Martinez, um, the Kevin Mitchell fight. That was another good one. Um, so obviously I I got on really well with Kevin before and after the fight. Um, but it was when the fight was spoke about. It had been spoke about for years, even at Super Feather, and a lot of people were saying that them um, are. Uh, Kevin's going to knock me out and all that and drop but my up the training camp and that um, that was not for boxing I was just basically just going out to go to town for 12 rounds because um, I had it in my head that I was going out there to do a job and um, for me that's, that was how that was a good night I can, I can mind going into the gym I can mind you going in, when I was came into the gym to see you training for the Mitchell fight and <laughs> honestly the, the punch bag had never been hurt so hard I was just going to town on it but um I was on a couple of fights I'd say that kind of defined your career as well. Uh, Grey Mero, I think, is a fight that you need to go back and look at your career and kind of catapulted you kind of onto the stage of getting the fight, especially with the towards the Alex Arthur fight and the Carl Hansen fight. Uh, well, Joe, nobody again. That was another one. Nobody expected me to go out there and win. Um, Joe Grey Mero, he's just it was one of the, the fighters of. of um, Technically, he wasn't very good, but he could punch. He wanted you to go out and stand in front of him and have a warm. So you get some fighters that if you if you if you get any bit of movement about you, they just struggle big time. And I feel that's how I got the I got I got the win that night. Let's t- talk about some of the toughest fights that you had then. Some of the fights that you hang. You... Oh man, that was a hard night's work. <laughs> there's, there's, there's three that come to mind. Um, the Beltran fight. Um, Joe, I wouldn't say like it was a hard fight because of obviously the, the uh, Ray Beltran. It was more of a, a battle uh, with myself. Uh, the obviously the, yep. the the broken jaw because it happened so early on, and Joe, it was in my head. Uh, my tactics went for winning to surviving, and um, I, I was taking it around at a time. I just didn't want to get stopped. I was even care. I just wanted to get through the fight because um, I've well, you know what I'm like. I was. I don't mind getting out and losing um, to the better man, and um, it's not. It's not good that you're always in a bad way for about two or three weeks after a fight. But um, let's see for to get pulled out or the ref stopping the fight, man. I could. I just couldn't right. do that. I'd rather. I'd rather. I'd rather just get knocked clean out. So I think I, that's one of the reasons I fought on that night. Even when you see, I see it now. Like a few, few guys that if they throw the towel in or. Uh, just gee up and quit on their stool. You can see when we talk about it to you, you're like, why? Why would you even do that? Like, why would you do that? Joe, I know the, I know that feeling, and there's been many fights where I've been like to myself. There's nothing worse than when you're tired, right? And somebody's sticking it on you, and you, there, all, there always comes a point where that comes over you. Like I could just pack this in, and I know, I know what that feeling is, but it's just something that I'll never ever do. What was the what was the other two tough fights that you were going to see? You mentioned three there. Oh, the Figueroa, Omar Figueroa out in Texas. Again, um, that was another situation where it was out your hands as well. It's like a guy's walking into a ring who's like two or three weight divisions above you when when he came into the fight that night. But um, it's obviously like the other such same situation is kind of like the Beltran. Well, we 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 were obviously we saw him at the way and he was late. Um, we were waiting about for ages, right and. Um, he's actually walked past me and I didn't recognise him. Um, so we went in and they're talking to us like, oh, he can't make the weight. And then all I've heard is, oh, sorry, Ricky, I couldn't do it. And I've turned around and he looked like death warmed up, right? 
Um, so we've managed to we've, we've sorted it out and we've agreed to take the fight. Um, and see when we walked into the ring, he's took his jacket off, right? And honestly, I couldn't believe the size of him. The amount, the amount of weight he must have put on overnight, it was a disgrace. Because I mean, even Tony's looking at me, he's like, ah, no way, what the size of him. And again, his tactics for that fight were basically just to come out and stick it right on me. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't, and I just couldn't keep him off. We were planning and getting getting, getting on the box and getting the jab and that going, getting the straight punches going. But um, I think every round, I get I get dragged into a dog fight. But do you know, I thought I'd done all right in that fight, even though it was hard. I, I still thought I'd done all right. I, think you, did, I think you, I think you got a lot of respect off a lot of people with that fight, just obviously because you did grind it out and people did see the actual the size difference as well. And I think was that the first time you had jumped up to like, Aye, that was as well? the first first fight to weight well, right? Um, the other hard one, uh, Carol Relic, he <laughs> the whack man. <laughs> Um, so after that fight, well, in fact, you were there. Um, remember, we was, were you in, were you in TGI's was after, in the next no, day? No, 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 I think it was just Shun Lee. Well, in the fight, uh, remember I said to you, I'm like, he's burst my eardrum because I felt it going. And when I get it checked after the fight, um, it was fine. And it was the next day we were sitting in TGI's and um, next thing, my ears popped. The blood's all running out. I went straight up to the hospital, sent in for like, MRIs and all that. Um the walking back clear, and then it was like the next day. Um, I was getting really bad pain in my kidneys, so I way back up the hospital, straight on morphine, tramadol. Uh, but they sent me for scans and all that. They thought I had kidney stones. Um, everything came back clear. Just obviously getting battered about the kidneys. Um, ever, but ever, he he could punch really good, man. Do you ever think to yourself why do I do this when they when these situations happen? <laughs> Every every fight, I say that to myself. <laughs> see, see when, uh, see when you're obviously you're not, you get in the ring, um, fine. I love the walk in and all that, but see that ten seconds when everybody's clear now and it's just you, your opponent, and the referee. I say that to myself all the time. Why do I do this? <laughs> we'll talk about why you love it in a, a, just a second. But was there any fights that you kind of wish you had that, that you kind of missed out on? Um. I was gutted. Um, I was who? Oh, what was his name? I'll tell you. I know. Mazonki Fana. You're gonna tell me that. I knew that. Aye. Um, Joe. Throughout my career, I've always said I want to fight for that ring belt. I would love to have that. Well, you know, like, in my house, there's not tell them no boxing, nothing <laughs> lying about. Where are my Where are my belts? Tell them. I probably tucked away somewhere. But aye, aye. they're in the they're in the cupboard, <laughs> gathering dust. Um, the only belt I would have out would be the ring belt, and oh. I, that, I still say that to that day. That is the that is the one I've always wanted. There's a few other fights that we had good opportunities. Obviously, we we're talking about the Marquez fight, but the Broner. I think the Broner would have been a Broner fight would have been a good fight at the time. I know. I remember. What was that? Ham to that again? Broner. Uh, I think he was still uh, had the, the super featherweight title, and it was basically it was after the Cook fight. And then that was when you thought to yourself, right, I need to move up now and, and, and change weight. But obviously... Um... I think it's meant to, it was meant to have happened a couple of times, but one of the times where they only offered... I'd been, I'd been training for a fight, and I took a, I think the fight fell through, and I took two weeks off. And you know what I'm like when I'm... When I, if I'm no dying, the I amount of grub I eat and just been... Uh, 
Don't get me wrong, I still run and stuff like that, but um, I like to pig out, man. And I've always said that like, I love training and I love fighting, but it's the dying that kills me. And I think they only gave me like, to the date that they said it was like six weeks to get ready for it, and it, it wasn't enough time. So or else what? that fight, that fight with the ham, because we, we didn't actually knock it back. We just said, look, can we move the date, get some more time preparation for this, and they wouldn't do it. Run for it. So, you know, let's talk about what you do love. So, why do you still, why are you still doing it? What do you love for the sport, and what do you, what do you hate about it? Obviously, you just mentioned diet there. Uh, I dieting, I hate it. Um, I enjoy training, I enjoy running, um, and the fighting's the best bit. And but use a lot of say that I'm after not. How can you like fighting? I actually enjoy it. See, but I know you're saying that I always. Well, I've just said there. I always say to myself, oh, "Why did I do this to myself before the fight?" But see, as soon as that first bell goes, you're like to yourself, "Yes, here we go." <laughs> <laughs> no, you just get right, go and get right in about it. So, so why why do you still do it at the moment? So, what do you, what what makes you stay in the sport, and what do you still think you've got to achieve? What else am I going to do? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I've always said I know myself when it's time to pack in. Um, I know that, especially the last year, um, that's all seems to be people want to ask me, when are you retiring or you should be retiring now? Why should I? I still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as if I'm taking too many punches. Um, even though that last fight, um, I never got a decision. But again, it was a, narco- it was a close fight. Um, never really had a mark on me. Um, if, it, if there ever came a point where I was taking too many punches, not even in fights, in, in sparring, um, but obviously the guys are trained me, like, um, when you're sparring with them, if, if, I think, if I think to myself I've not got it anymore, in the gyms where I'm going to know when they're all saying about me. Aye. You know what I mean? Do you think um, that um, do you think you'd still stay in the sport and do things like maybe coaching and stuff when, oh, you, do, when you do call it? Definitely. Definitely. Um, well, we've already spoke about this. Um, obviously, Amanda keeps saying to me, I know I should start going and getting my coaching license and that, and you've said it before, but I don't really want to start getting the ball rolling until I know myself, right? You maybe get one, one. Why do one more fight? I think I'd rather wait until I've, I've made up my mind, but right, that's it. And then I can put all my, my attention to what we're going to do. But I would love to get a, like a wee amateur club sorted up, training pros. Um, especially back in Scotland because there's not really a lot there's not really a lot of like, like good pro Aye, coaches up here if you know what I mean Aye, me. you think that it's been harder for the decision is because obviously the, the two fights the two losses back to back there were kind of close fights I mean they could have they went either way um, do you think if you went out there and get knocked out you would have been let's call it a day this is it Oh, if I if I had get sparked out, man, there is no chance I'd be doing it. And I've I've said that all along. Um, I've done it wrong. They have they have been close fights. I thought that last one I did do enough to get the win. And the same with the crow fight. You know, I thought I had done enough. I thought I'd done enough. Um, but again, it's one of the things where you just need to pick yourself up and get 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 back get back in the gym. And fingers crossed, man, you can get another good one. Yeah, get back on, mate. That's the hang of it. So, last boxing question, then we'll dive into like training and stuff. But is there any fighters out there the now that you're maybe kept an eye on and you enjoy to watch or, or you follow? Is it just basically got the the guys that you train me in the gym? Just the guys that train me in the gym. Um, obviously, we, we when we're down there in camp, 
because um, we've all get usually get fights coming up and we're, we're all training together, man. It's a good laugh, and the boy the boys are all they're all good fighters, but they're good lads as well. Um, I actually can't wait, man, to this coronavirus nonsense is all sorted, man, and um, hopefully it won't be too long and. Um, I'll be back down there and hopefully have some news there, date. That's the thing, it's like everybody's up in the air, so nobody's nobody's got a fight date at all, so we're all on the, these are all on the same boat. Well, I've not been near a gym in about four weeks, that's how I've been doing all these stupid mad runs, but um, I actually can't wait to start a bit of punching again. So how do, you, how do you think you got so far in your career and what advice would you give to kind of young boxers that are maybe listening to this podcast? Um. Just obviously, get, get, just stay with it. Um, I feel as if I feel as if in my career, I done it the hard way. Um, obviously, fighting in the, all the most of my fights, um, especially early on, they were all on like the hotel shows and the small hall shows. Um, but you know, I just I just kept with it. Don't get me wrong, it, it, financially it was hard because I wasn't really working. Um, obviously, you're, when you're a professional boxer, if you're full time. You only get paid when you fight. Um, obviously, the money's better when you're fighting on the, on the Sky shows, on the bigger shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always, I've always said, just just stick stick with it, train hard, and you you know that that's always been my attitude oh, no matter what. Just always, you always need to stay ready because yeah. that phone could go at any time for a fight. I think that's the thing that people need to see is that it's commitment. Like you can't do, um, can't be running on lads' holidays or. Uh, going in and out of camp and, and treating it just for like the nine ten weeks that you may be going out yep. of camp I think you need to stay ready all the time as you said it's like it, you could get a phone call at any time to, to fight on any of the kind of dinner yeah. shows and the, the small show shows right, well, don't get me wrong like, everybody's entitled to go out and enjoy themselves but um, like, like with me after fights and that I'll have a couple of days off and then I'm, I'm straight back out doing 10 mile runs or I'm phoning I'm, you up to do pads or Mum will go and chuck some weights about in that, and don't get me in between that. I'll maybe get a wee night out or go go up the snooker or something like that. Um, but usually, I'm always I'm always trying always try to stay in the gym. I mean, uh, for you to take you taking time off is like going and doing a ten miler. <laughs> you go on holiday to chill out and take your running shoes. Like that, I don't think that's ever heard of other boxers, uh, and I think that's no. probably where you did get to get so far. No, it was that last holiday uh, last year. Uh, went to Tenerife, took my running stuff, right? I'm like, stuff, I'll take my bandages and my gum shield. Um, before I know it, I'm in sparring with a couple of the wee Spaniards over there, man. Uh, Adrian, my, my brother, he was, he was raised and all, so um, he, was, he joined us a couple of track sessions and that, but even he said, I'm up on up. So what, let's talk about, let's dive into your training. <laughs> so what is your, tra- your training schedule for Ricky Burns when he's in training camp? Um, usually like seven o'clock, half seven. Um, we do we do all our like, morning stuff. So usually involves running, um, track work, hill sprints, sledge sprints, we on sea stairs. Do you know what I know? What that is the only thing that I'm happy about not being down there, having to do the stair sprints. There is nothing worse. And for for MD, MD's listening, if if you know, you know how hard they are. Um, aye, so like morning we get all the cardio stuff done. Um, afternoons it's usually um, like all your boxing. So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday you'll be sparring. Um, Tuesday, Thursday usually just like pad work and stuff like that, and you do your your circuits after. 
Um, usually maybe two day, two nights a week I'll do a bit of weight strength training um, and I always save what a big 10 or 12 mile run for a, for a Saturday I'm meant, I'm meant to have one day off a week usually a Sunday Tony likes you um, but I always end up uh, getting out and doing a run or, or doing something because I bet something that I shouldn't So let's talk about obviously you made the move down to when you made the move down to London have you started to see um a lot of these guys starting to introduce the kind of strength and conditioning kind of side of things and, and, and have you seen methods and stuff that's changing over the years of boxing? Because obviously... He's, a rev- we... he's are everywhere. <laughs> he's, he's are everywhere. Right, well, Joe, obviously when I was up and coming, um, this was never ever about you, just done a friend yourself, do you know what I mean? Um, but when I'm down there, when you see, like, obviously, they all work with like, different guys that, that come in and help them out, and you see the stuff that they're doing, and you can see that in their performances that is working for them. Um, me, personally, I don't really I don't really do a well, I do my own stuff. Um, I don't really work with, with any conditioning coaches or that, unless it's going messing about, chopping weights about with you. Um, but, again, I've, I've always said that throughout my career, I've always done things one way, and so that's just the way I'm always going to be. Aye. Is there any 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 things that you have changed over the years for your training? Um, you know, I've not really I've not really changed a lot. Um, the only thing I would say that's that's getting harder is my recovery time. Um, the things that I used to do maybe five or six years ago, um, like going out and doing ten or twelve mile runs, or but doing hard spars like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10, 12 rounds. Um, it's maybe, um, it's coming to the weekend and it's not enough time to recover, do you know what I mean? Or after I do, if I do legs one day, I'm struggling for about three days, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, but I, I, again, that's just old age catching up with me, I think. Aye, yeah, definitely. I think, I think you need to look more into your uh, recovery and obviously it's important now because obviously you are getting that wee bit older. Uh, so it's a, that takes that wee bit longer to recover. What's the hardest part? Hard, hardest part of training? Do you think feel for a boxer? Um. Well, we on sea stairs. Yeah. Oh yeah, you asking me my, my hardest. I was. What do you think the hardest? No, what do you think the hardest the hardest part of boxing training is? Um. Um. Well, for me, it's the Leon on sea stairs. That is the hardest thing. Um, but I think for for most uh, most fighters, I think it's the the, the start of camp, it's the start of camps. Let's see if you've had a, a break and you're you're just coming back and you're starting off. If you've not been kept in the gym, taking over, it's like see when you jump back into training two or three times a day. It's try to get back in that routine. Sometimes it can take you maybe two or two or three weeks to get back into it. Um, I'd say that that's the hardest bit at the start of camp, but. You find that most fighters they, they enjoy training. Um, they obviously you're basically you're every day you're doing something that's working towards the goal. Yeah, and obviously your goal your goal is the fight. So I think, I think most fighters do enjoy it. What about what about from a mentally point of view? Because obviously with you when you're going down to London, you're like two or three weeks away for the family. And another thing that you do is you drive down to London, which I, st- I still think is crazy. I think it's crazy. <laughs> but I don't think a lot of people see that behind the the doors. Of the, obviously, people just see you in the gym and they know that you train hard, but they don't see the other side of it. Like the family obviously make commitments for boxing with your family and take a hit, and then obviously that road journey down to London as well. 
so I hope she's not going to see this, but do you know what? I actually love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, well, when I say love it, I mean, um, like, see when you're in, when you start a camp, because you're training so hard, right, um, and because I always put so much into every session, if I'm not if I'm not in the gym, um, I'm in bed playing a computer or I'm in bed sleeping. And that, when, I, when I'm down there for two weeks, honestly, um, sometimes I don't answer my phone or use no. I'm, I'm the worst person to get a holiday ever. Um, I come in for the gym, I have something to eat, and I go to bed. Um, I got up, play the computer for a bit. I go to the gym, um, come back, have something to eat, and go to bed. That is my routine for 12 weeks. That's the thing, it's just like... People are like, have you spoke to Ricky? And says, no, he's in camp. There's nothing worse, right? Especially when you're home. Um, even the weekends I come home, obviously having to run about, uh, you're meant to be resting and I'm having home and meant to run about after the wee man or if Amanda's working um, or you need to go here, you need to go there. When I, whereas when I'm down in camp, um, the weekends, I don't get out of bed all weekend. Do you think that was a hindrance so that when you were up the road is that you had to run about try to stressing out about who's buying tickets and who still owes you money and all that carry on and kind of uh, distractions? That is a nightmare. But Joe Fast, some of the, like, the young boxers that are up and coming, um, you hear a lot of them talking about oh, they've got ticket deals and that and they have to sell so many tickets um, before they get their wages for their fights and stuff like that. And, you know, that is a headache. Um I know what it's like, and you know, I, I actually, well, I usually have, like, all yous would help me out with doing that, and um, my mum and that, and, um, but see, when fight, like, earlier on in my career, when I had to do that myself, that was a nightmare, right. I actually, I don't know how I'd done that. Right, when you look back at it, eh? So what do you think, well, obviously, let's, obviously, we've got lockdown, so we're finding it quite hard to do stuff, but, but what you, what happens with Ricky over the next few months, and what do you, potentially, what do you want to be doing, um, especially, give me a year plan of what you want to do in your career. Um, hopefully, get, this is over, this is all over the next few months, get, get all, try and get everything back to, well, start getting back to a bit of normality towards the end of the year, uh, I would love to get a fight in, Um I've always said I'm not really going to tell any lies. I know myself. I may get maybe get about two or two or three more fights left. Um, but I would I would love to to get another big night in Glasgow. Um, I feel as if um, all my career, the fans up here have been great and they've always come out and showed their support. And both had some good nights up here, and I would love to, I would love to have one last one. Yep, definitely. Um... Let's talk about what your training is going to be for the next week. Then tell everybody what you're looking to do. Right. Well, I get in the last my last four runs there. I think I'd done something like sixty mile. Um. So I've been trying to do. I started off with doing like ten mile, take a day off, do a half marathon, take a day off, do ten mile, and I was working like that, going between like ten. I was doing always minimum ten, but I've done a couple of half marathons. 14 mile, 15 mile. I'm going to do a 15 mile tomorrow, and my birthday's next week. Um, and I'm actually going to need to take a couple of days rest before it. But I think I'm going to attempt a marathon. Honestly, I'm going. I've never ever done one before, and I'm mad to myself stuff it. Aye. So I think my birthday, 37, and heading out to do a marathon yourself. I reckon you can do it. I, I, I still think it's crazy that you can do it without any music, but that's the maddest thing. 
and it runs with no music on it's bonkers uh, Ricky thanks very much for coming on uh, the podcast and talking to me sort it um, and uh, hopefully we can see a big another big night in Glasgow I'm, I'm actually choking right. for it to happen so let's uh, get it going be, be Eddie if you're well. listening get, get, get it happening one more at the hydro let's do it one more at hydro right thanks for being on the show and we'll speak to you later I'll see you on for- see you on Fortnite see you later mate. <laughs>